The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it, were made well. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The best of scholars think that Mark's Gospel was written in the 60s AD to a church living in a turbulent climate in Rome. The great fire of Rome occurred in 64 AD, and the crazed Emperor Nero blamed it on the Christians. Historical records tell us that Peter and Paul were martyred in Rome after the fire. Mark's gospel is written to a church surrounded by urgency and danger. Our gospel for this morning begins with Jesus compelling the disciples to enter the boat. Jesus then goes up on a mountain to pray. The disciples would rather be with Jesus, but he urged them into the boat and into the sea. The move surely caused consternation. A strong wind ensues, and they struggle to row and control the boat and keep from being swallowed up by the wind and the waves. Like the transfiguration of Jesus and also Moses going up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, There are peaceful and holy encounters with God on mountaintops while evil tosses people about down below. The disciples row, hoping to get ahead of the storm, only to continue to lose ground. It is the way of evil to isolate and trap, causing worry and fear. It is worse when Jesus seems to be away from us. We want to say 
Jesus, stay with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. But we cannot detect his presence, particularly in times of struggle. Sometimes it is in periods of illness, economic struggle, loss of loved ones, loneliness, and dealing with the world's distresses when we come to wonder, where is Jesus? It is particularly in these times where our prayers echo that of Psalm twenty-two, eleven: Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. We can almost hear the disciples saying this under their breath as they row. The spiritual dynamic of one's struggle with the torrents of life and the seeming absence of Jesus often cause despair, and this is when people tend to fall away. The world considers our Lord to be absent and non-existent because of this dynamic. Mark is painting us into this picture and into the boat. It's a narrative of the church militant here on earth. Around the boat is darkness. The sky is dark, for it is deep in the night. The fourth watch of the night was thought to be the most dangerous part of the night, the time where evil prowls and does its bidding and ghosts wander about. It is in spiritual darkness where we cannot see Jesus for who he is. Evil seems to be overtaking us. And the disciples surely think the struggle is theirs only. They do not realize that Jesus sees them. Mark gives us that sense of urgency. Our lives hang in the balance of evil's plight. There is no time to waste. But the disciples grow weak. And just then, Jesus makes his way walking across the water. The scene is portrayed as an icon where the utter darkness, the power of the waves, the appearance of a frightening image, and the cries and the fears of the disciples stand in contrast to the calming words and actions of Jesus. Distinct from the disciples' terror, Jesus' manner is calmly reassuring. Jesus walking on the water should be comforting to the disciples, but they think him to be a ghost. It reminds us that holiness seems twisted in darkness. It is all the more remarkable that Mark tells us that Jesus meant to pass them by, as though he were some apparition in the world that was unconcerned about their plight, but the disciples cry out. St. Mark is teaching us how to live as Christians in a world where evil pursues. We are learning how to pray and cry out to Jesus 
in the midst of life's struggles. The world says that God is impotent and weak. We are being taught that in struggle, we are emboldened to cry out to him as we wait and we watch. Instead of faith languishing and questioning whether Jesus actually hears our prayers, we learn how to pray and listen. Instead of losing hope, we wait to hear the voice of the Savior. Even in darkness, though we do not detect Jesus' presence, he still speaks to us in the midst of our darkness. Isaiah reminds us, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It is in suffering when the world considers it a weakness of God to fail to answer our prayers and many fall into unbelief and despair. But it is precisely in weakness that our Lord does his best work. St. Paul reminds us, the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Likewise, the crowds at our Lord's crucifixion jeered at him, perceiving that his crucifixion was an icon of weakness and defeat. As they peered into his wounds, they saw not what they were to see. They concluded the wounds to be a sign of weakness. He saved others, himself he cannot save. But these wounds of our Savior are actually an icon of strength, victory, redemption, and the holiest of all things in all of creation. All of our fears, worries, illnesses, and failings find healing and hope in the wounds of Jesus. The beautiful part of this torrential picture is that while everything is distorted, when we are surrounded by darkness and trouble, Jesus speaks and he says, Courage, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is a reminder to those early Christians in Rome and for us today. No matter how strong evil pushes, Jesus still comes to you and speaks a word of hope, absolution, and encouragement for the road ahead. Then he steps into your boat and into your life as he gives calm to the storms and direction for your road ahead. Today, Jesus steps down from the mountain And he speaks a word in your midst. You are forgiven. You are loved. He remains with you to strengthen and encourage you as you journey forward. For his word and his presence will dispel the darkness of evil as his wounds proclaim the very defeat of evil. In his mouth and in his presence 
walking upon the impossibilities of this world are words to create calm and still the storms. Walking upon these impossible seas of danger, Jesus abides with you in darkness and promises to carry you to the light of the eternal day. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.